Saver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Omaha, College World Series. Let's go talk to the people. We're f***ing nails, brother, and we're going to be here till f***ing next Monday, and we're bringing that natty back to f***ing Baton Rouge, baby. I thought that was an old WWE clip uh, until they started talking about the College World Series. How about that? That guy's had, what, 10, 15 jello shots? Yeah, which is probably on the uh, low end for most uh, LSU fans. I think he was one of the more sober fans out there yeah. in uh, Omaha. That's just your average, ordinary, uh, ordinary, everyday LSU fan, which represents, in my opinion, the most unique, honestly, the most unique fan base in maybe all of American sports. Hey, I don't know if, who else compares. If giving up three touchdowns and a field goal in a baseball game doesn't drive you to drinking, I don't know what <laughs> will. Uh, so I imagine that number just uh, got ridiculous uh, over the the last twenty four hours or so. Well, yeah, they've uh, they've broken the I guess world record for shots bought in one sitting twice so far in Omaha. Hmm. The uh, Raising Canes guy, Todd Graves, did it last week. And then their big NIL guy uh, did it today. He purchased 8,888 Jello shots all by wow. himself. $44,000 in Jello shots is what this uh, LSU guy purchased earlier today. So they are well over 50K for the uh, entire tournament. That's interesting. I, I Do you think they even – make them all or is it essentially just turn into a donation no i, I, I know think they, they had like those big freezers and everything where they were making them and keeping them but i mean they've shown on point, camera like passing them around like one kid got caught on espn some like 12 year old lsu fan trying to take one i think huh. um no i i think that they just you know pass them out to a bunch of lsu fans that are at the bar there i i, I actually think that they are consumed well yeah no i get that but do you have any idea how, like, what eight thousand Jello shots looks like? Um, no, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is they're not the only ones ordering them. And I'm, I, how do you have that just happen to be sitting there? I wonder how many they make a night. It's got to be well. A huge no, number, they I they guess. buy them from a like they're prepackaged. That that's how Rocco's buys them. Like they're not okay. there in the back, you know, making jello shots like you did going to the Illinois River when you were 19 years old, going back I for the see. summer or anything like that. No, they're already prepackaged. Well, that's pretty weak. But the best way to do it for that bar, wow, amazing. Probably is, 200% markup at least. Yeah, I think uh, Omaha, Nebraska is now the jello shot capital of the U.S. Is the Illinois River the Oklahoma capital of, for Jell-O shots? Because in my experience, 
It absolutely is. Um, I don't. I think no. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Where is the Jello Shot capital of Oklahoma, if not the Illinois River? It's got to be one of the probably Grand Lake. Mm. Jello shots require they require time, they require effort, they require um, a lot of storage space, and all of those things typically not in abundance when it comes to floating the Illinois River. Ah, uh, you'd be surprised, man. I don't know the last time that you've done it. Not that it was. It's been like um, you know six months for me or anything it's been a while but i i've seen uh i've i've definitely seen people pack a lot of jello shots on that river before well it's not that's easy, true but, i'm not saying know. i'm not saying that they don't have any or that they don't even have a lot i'm just saying like at the lake where people have their their big boats and their lake houses and have the ability to uh, make all kinds of goodies for the day out that you get you get a lot of jello shots yeah I uh, <laughs> I thought going into this research that LSU was going to be number one by far and away. Uh, somehow, someone conducted a ranking of booziest college football fans. Yeah, LSU actually ranked fourth on the list with uh, wow. an average of three point nine drinks per game. I do not know how they came up with these numbers, <laughs> but they are entertaining nonetheless. LSU was at four. Any guess as to who the booziest? college football fan base is judging by however they put this uh, research together now this this isn't at the world series this is just no, yeah yeah well yeah this over. is college football you're right um wisconsin has to be in there uh wisconsin's at three um uh big 10 is very well represented yeah, on this list yeah i saw a i saw a like a heat map of where the most alcohol is consumed per person in the United States, and it ain't close, buddy. The Midwest destroys yeah. everyone. I'll, so uh, I was gonna say Michigan next. No, Michigan isn't even in the top like twenty okay. here. Now, number one is in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know. I I guess it surprises me a little bit though. When we were up there last year, there was quite a bit of drinking going on, and I yeah. always say this, but. Like you see the bike bars going on across, you know, Midtown OKC, Downtown OKC. I've never seen a bike bar outside a college football stadium until I saw it in Lincoln, Nebraska last year. According to this uh, research, Nebraska is the booziest college football fan base with an average of four and a half drinks per game per person. Wow. Go Big Red. Now, uh, here's the thing. We throw a lot of uh, jabs their way talking about how old they're – season ticket holders are in the stadium, but they're backing it up. How about that? I mean, I, I would have to drink as well if it's been over 20 years, you know? I think here's the problem. You know, and you can speak to this. I think up until the age of maybe 35, and maybe it's higher, maybe it's 40, uh, there's a much higher likelihood that you are um, – you are skirting the rules and and taking your own booze into the stadium somehow. Over 40, you're finally going to just say, well, I'll just go buy one at the at – the, Starting uh, to finally the, make money in life and you don't have to be a yeah. poor and sneak them in your cowboy boots and, well, and I airplane think it, shots. I think it has more to do with uh, – The thrill of it. The thrill the of it. The thrill of sure. it and yeah. maybe the – 
moving on from the hard stuff to to just some some cold beers. Yeah, maybe Nebraska did have has a uh, pretty large student section, at least for that game that showed up. So yeah, they they do have fans on the younger side as well. But Nebraska, the booziest fan base. Nebraska one, Minnesota two, Wisconsin three, LSU four. And Virginia Tech five, USC was at six, and KU was at seven, which I found interesting. So, um, OU was on a ranking. It's not what you want to be on. OU was uh, number two on biggest lightweight drinkers, which means, <laughs> <laughs> which means most likely to miss some or all of a game due to drinking. It says seventy-one percent of OU fans, I guess, at some point in their life, has missed some or all of a game due to drinking. I've been around this fan base my entire life. Um, I do not think 71% is an accurate representation of this fan base's ability. It's almost a rite of passage, isn't it? Hovering somewhere closer to 100%. And I, how can you be that high on that list and not be on the other I, list? I know, right? There's um, got to be some carryover. Maybe. Well, that 3-2 beer, they, they punched up a little bit, and they just can't handle it anymore. I have no idea what the what the reasoning is. I guess maybe you get disqualified from how many drinks you have in stadium if you've uh, either had to leave, been escorted out, or asked to leave. Now, um, now Kansas State's at 78%, and I respect their ability to, to toss some back uh, up there in Manhattan. But I could see how this would be accurate, and it's why I don't think OU's is accurate, because K-State, like, they're tailgating – or the two parking lots right outside the stadium, right? Yeah. And I, I still think it's legal there where a lot of their fans will leave at halftime, get like a uh, you know ticket to come back in the game, have a couple, and then come back in the third quarter, maybe like they missed the first drive. Like, they they yeah. are situated quite well to leave at halftime and come back in. OU, yeah. not necessarily the case. I, so I guess the new thing is, is at one point it was – only a, a handful of stadiums across the country in college were selling booze. Now it's there's only a handful of stadiums across the country that aren't, right? And Nebraska was one of them last year. I know. Yes. Yeah, shocking. Um, I, I wonder if that'll change. There were people here, and I may have been one of them, that said, oh, you will never allow it. And that quickly changed. It went from never allow it, and, to, and then it was like, okay, starting next week, open floodgates. Yep. It was pretty quick. It was on top of us in no time. It was during the spring, right? Wasn't baseball the first to start? Uh, yeah, I think so. Jay from Medill says the islands at Lake Texoma, Jello shot con- uh, contestant. Uh, now, I will tell you, there was a time at Tin Killer Lake at Party Cove where there was a specific boat that – had like two huge ice chests full of jello shots at all time and if you pulled in there was i guess the jello shots were a reward whenever you were pulling in if um you showed some skin or what yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah that's that's the Did good way you, to say uh, it. show any skin for a jello shot or were you handing out the Jello shots for such rewards that was you were not, just mentioning? <laughs> I was not. Now, um, I tried, but I never got. I never got tossed a Jello shot. Unfortunately. Uh, let me read a few more here. Brian Tulsa says the Illinois River is the natty light capital. For my experience, we didn't yeah. have much money to spend on beer. 
back in my day, LOL. Shark says, well, you do have to be drunk to watch KU football. Uh, Gunny, <laughs> Gunny says, four and a half beer a person. Well, hell, I guess I'm drinking for three or four people then. Uh, Jim and Arlington, Tyler, did someone say jello shots? Are we back at Graham's or in cahoots on a Friday night? Be sure nice. to tip your waitress and bartenders, yeah. Nice. And then my buddy uh, David said uh, one time back in college they made 2,500 jello shots. Jeez. Wow. Congratulations. That's that was crazy. Awesome. Sounds like he was handing them out for uh, rewards as well, just yeah. like uh, you were back in the day. I wonder if it was worth the time. That's a lot of effort put in. And maybe it's not as bad as I think. I don't know. Maybe you just mix a couple of huge uh, pitchers of it, and you just fill up the little cups, and it's easier than I'm uh, making it out to be. I don't know. But nicely done, putting in the work. Yeah, 2,500. That's insane. So uh, I, I read a story today. It was kind of a, a Big 12 mailbag on The Athletic, and I guess we'll find out. Like last year, the Big 12 preseason poll came out on July 7th. So we, we should know here like the next you know week and a half or so uh, on what that's going to look like. I'm um, pretty convinced that Texas is going to be number one and K-State's going to be number two to start the year in the Big 12 preseason poll. Huh. Not, and I'm not saying that that's – what I would have, but I, I filled out what I feel like the top five is going to be. Tell me if you agree, disagree. Okay. Texas one, K-State two, OU three, though I could see him being four, uh, TCU four, and Tech five. Um, yeah. You said – TCU, then Tech, right? Correct, yeah. TCU at four, Tech at five. But I can honestly I, see TCU at three and OU being at four. Uh, I think I think you've probably got it nailed. Um, yeah, I think you've probably got it nailed. I think there may even be a chance that, that OU is ahead of Kansas State. Like, that would be the only one that I saw, but I think that that was probably unlikely. So, yeah, I, I think that's probably where so, it's going to so be. So you, you think OU's going to be two or OU's going to be three? I think they'll be three. Yeah. But I could I could see. You think, they'd be, you think they'd be more likely at two than they would at four then is what you're saying? I do, yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. I did my, but I could be wrong about that. I did my entire top four, 14. It's just a guess. Texas 1, K-State 2, OU 3, TCU 4, Tech 5. Then I had Baylor at 6, UCF at 7, OSU at 8, KU at 9, Iowa State at 10, BYU at 11, West Virginia at 12, Houston at 13, and Cincinnati at 14. Uh, No love for Cincy, huh? No, uh -uh. uh-uh. Okay, that's how you think it's going to be. That's not yours, right? Well, I think OU and Kansas State are going to play for the Big 12 championship. I do, too. I do, too. I think Kansas State, as we look at things now, um, they may have they may have the best single position group with their offensive line. Their, their O-line is going to be good, man. It, it, it's, yeah. it's solid across the board. Uh, maybe that Panzer guy is going to be a late first-round pick. Like I don't think they have a top 15 player at offensive tackle or anything, but they're just solid across the board, and, man – those guys, they played a ton of football together. Yeah, I'll tell you. I think that um, – so I, I, I think the top – like if you were to tier it, I think in no order Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma are going to be your, your top tier. 
um, TCU Tech, Baylor, and I may throw UCF in there as kind of your next tier two. And then I think you get a, a whole lot of schools together. Oklahoma State, uh, like KU, ISU, I think those are all kind of together. Like I, I think Iowa State is the one to me that has the chance to jump the highest from where they're predicted to be. I think they're going to be predicted super, super low, and I'm not suggesting they compete for it, but I, I don't think it's outlandish to see them winning uh, seven or eight games, and that would that would get them well off of where they're going to be picked. But, um, yeah, I think Oklahoma and Kansas State are going to play because, like I said, top tier, Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma. But what I don't think people are taking into account – is that not everyone plays everybody this year? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, was I feel about like to make that's that being left point. out. Yeah, like, Texas is playing Kansas State. Oklahoma does not play Kansas State. They don't. Oklahoma, as we have it, if you look at the top six schools, Oklahoma only plays two of the top six schools. Like if you're including them, right. them in the top yeah, six. Yeah, like, if my guess is any sort of right. It means that OU wouldn't play the number two team. They yeah. are the number three team, and they wouldn't play the number five or the number six team. So right. they play the number one team at a neutral site. You are the number three team, and you would play the number four team at home. Right. <laughs> and Texas plays all of them. Definitely Kansas State, definitely at TCU. I think they play Tech still and Baylor. Yeah, uh huh. That's right. Yeah. And that's. That's a big difference in in schedule, uh, and I, that's the one of the things that I don't think enough people are um, are taking into account. But we'll see. We'll see how it all unfolds. Uh, let us know what your rankings are on the text line six five one three four three nine Knippelmeyer text line. Quick break here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Summer has just begun, so do something cool. Go to Dorsey Jones in El Reno, where you'll get burning, fiery, red-hot savings on a new 2023 GMC. Like the new 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cab 4x4. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. But before we get to the text line, I just want to dip my toe into something that we're going to get back into at 4 p.m., um, it's been big on Twitter for us today. Who's the most dominant high school player you've ever seen in any sport? In you know, you've seen him in person, of course. And we've gotten the usual subs, uh, suspects for the most part. You know, Jermaine Gresham, Jason White, Blake Griffin. I just I wanted to just to you know dip our toe for a couple of minutes because I just saw Reggie Skinner running back for White Oak. He was incredible. Is that the same Reggie Skinner that played offensive line at OU? Or is this a different one? Are you thinking of Mike Skinner? I'm thinking of Mike Skinner, yeah. So it it definitely is a different one, yes. Why do I know that name, Reggie Skinner? What, why, what am, why am I drawing a blank on I have it, no idea. I, I thought it was the, the wrong person, obviously. We, we, heard that, we talked about that name not too long ago about something. I don't know if it was running backs or what exactly it was. From where? What was that town? White Oak, Oklahoma. Is, wow. Uh, yeah. 
Huh. I think his son ended up playing at uh, Kansas. Okay. Like, like maybe uh, – yeah, I, okay, let me see. I I think Reggie Skinner, I'm finding it now. He was a former OU running back. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And I guess he rushed for over like 8,000 – he rushed for more than 8,000 yards and scored a then national uh, record 156 touchdowns at White Oak and Vanita. Jeez. His 8,119 career rushing yards sits fifth all-time in Oklahoma history. What, His what touchdown year mark has been surpassed. Um, that would have been in the early mid-90s, I believe. Okay. Huh. It's a good question, and I know there's – it's hard because you've got all levels of high schools, so some lower-level schools that have – you know, big-time players just absolutely dominate. Um, you know, but then up in the 6A, there's been some some really dominant players in all sports. Yep. Yeah, we'll get back into that at 4 p.m. Um, I like that. But, yeah, we, we've got a ton on the text line right now. KW the 918 says rankings. Alabama 1, Georgia 2, OU 3, A&M 4. Oh, wait, you're talking about the Big 12? Oh, whatever happens, happens in 2023. I think everyone should get a trophy in 2023, Big 12. <laughs> laughing face emoji. You're in luck, K-Dub, because when it comes to Offensive Player of the Year and everything, um, that, that, that normally happens at the end of the year in the Big 12. Heck, now, in softball, if, we had two co-coaches of the year. Well, I was about to say, if Big 12 leadership, uh, if the commissioner was the same as it used to be, you know, with the way our schedule is this year and everyone's not playing one another, they would have the uh, the Big 12 championship be a round robin with, like, five damn teams in it. You know, you just got to – everyone plays a quarter and you just kind of rotate out there. Everyone gets a, you know, a handful of plays. But, yeah, it's the last year. I keep saying go win the trophy and spike it off of the, the podium there in Jerry's world Sweet. under the confetti. 918 says Texas 1, Boomer 2, K-State 3, Tech 4, Frogs 5, 6 through 14 toss-up. Now, you might be able to extend it out further than just 6 through 14. Maybe it's like uh, 4 through 14, but there are a lot of teams in that mix right there that are pretty well, interchangeable. I can make the argument that it's a toss-up for everybody. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, if you want to say this is as wide open as the league has been in several years, then I'm I'm okay with that. Well, Texas is being picked by everyone, but all you have to do is look at history and really look at what they did last year. The majority of what they have coming back, they had last year in a not great season disappointing lose a bowl game couldn't capitalize on a on a couple of opportunities they had to to maybe turn it into a good season so i know they're just projecting like texas is getting the you know the rare gift of people are predicting all of their players are going to be better than they were a year ago but no one else's players are going to be better than they were a year ago you know everyone else all their guys stay the same, but Texas's guys all get to improve after a year of development. Um, like Kansas State, I, I, you mentioned the offensive line going to be incredibly strong. It's a very, very consistent football team, typically with what you get. But, I mean, let's be honest. Will Howard looked great 
you know, in in not a whole lot of games last year, but he's got a lot of horrible film too. I mean, there was a there was a time there for two years where Will Howard was like the worst quarterback quarterback I've ever seen play, and they're missing a lot of, you know, they're big time. They're going to have a really good base group of players back, but. You know, they may have lost their second the best running back of all time. Like that's yeah. significant, and I know they got someone in the portal, but that's and a, and a first spot. round edge guy. Yeah. Like th- that's not easy to replace at Kansas State, Oklahoma. Like we went six and seven last year. That's all you got to say about Oklahoma. What you what we know about them coming up this year, TCU. We know all the guys that they lost. I mean, it's it's seriously a crapshoot with everyone. I I don't know that. There's anyone that you can definitively say is a lock to win ten games in the regular season? Um, no, I mean I I would obviously say oh you should win ten games, but is it a lock? Right. I mean that's as, Which, as, ma- as manageable as I think the schedule is based on last year. Yes, it's not fair to say that it's a lock. So I'm, I, I'm, I would I'm also that. say that there's a decent chance that you have two. Uh, Two teams in the Big Twelve Championship that are nine and three, or worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two teams with three losses. I feel like it might have to be two teams that lose a non-con game. I guess it's not crazy. I, I, I would say that I think there's a decent chance that two teams in the Big Twelve Championship have two losses, like two conference losses. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm saying like. Three losses all all yeah, together, right. not just in conference. Um, I, and I guess but, it's just hard for me to get there because I just told you I think it's OU and Kansas State, and I don't think OU's losing a non-con game, and I think K-State's at Missouri this year. I don't think they'll lose that one, but sure, I guess I, I with as wide open as the league is, sure, any that that could be possible. Right. Yeah. It is. It's wide open, which makes for a good, fun, competitive league. Um, which, you know, I, I thought it was the exact same way last year. And I know TCU had the incredible record, but, you know, they played in the national championship game. They didn't even win the Big 12, right? And, you know, they barely got out of Kansas with a win, you know. So barely beat the perennial uh, bottom dweller of the conference, didn't win the Big 12, and still played in a national championship game kind of tells you what the conference was last year as far as how, how even it was across the board. I don't know. how They had a ton of one-score one, one score football games, TCU did. Now, I think we just both agreed that TCU is going to be picked to finish fourth or in, in the conference this year when that's released here in the, in the coming days. Um, look, I don't think that they're going to be as good as they were a year ago, all right? Like all the points you just made about Kansas State, I think TCU had bigger losses with Max Duggan, with Quentin Johnston, with uh, the Thorpe Award winner, like TCU's got to replace quite a bit. But I just I wonder if we're just making a mistake saying, yeah, I just don't think TCU's going to play in another conference championship game this year. They just lost way too much. They're still going to have players, man. Even I know I I I'm trending back the other way a little bit. Um, I got a player at quarterback. They've got some good players back on defense, and that last year was just their first year in that defense. So I think that they're going to. I mean, even though it it was, and this is not a. Like, this is actually what I prefer, but it, it's a it's a very simple defense in the way like they don't do a whole lot of things. They're just good at what they do, 
and those guys are going to be in year two, and I think that's going to give them a bit of a boost there. So, yeah, I mean, they still got weapons offensively, and we know quarterback run game is a great equalizer. And as good as Max Duggan was last year, I think they're probably going to have a guy that might even be better running the ball this year. Uh, LaDonna from Lubbock just loves your idea. I love the visual of winning the Big uh, Big 12 trophy and spiking it at Jerry's World. Three clap emojis. Who's most likely to do so on the podium? Is it the uh, the head coach himself? Is it Jackson Arnold after he leads the team to a Big 12 championship? Is it Javante Barnes? I wonder who the most likely candidate would be. Uh, your mark. <laughs> he acts like he's going to hand it to him, then just yeah. spikes it instead and walks you guys, off the stage. You're See you in Mexico you City for the this. Big 12 Bowl game next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know this, but – we actually booked you a, a non-conference against Baylor in Mexico City. Enjoy. No, they're, they're going to tell us on Thursday that the Big 12 championship isn't in Arlington. It's actually in Mexico City. Mexico City at uh, 9 a.m. local time, <laughs> Mexico City. 405, I predict OU Texas Big 12 championship. OU avenges the earlier loss to Texas with Jackson Arnold at the helm. Boy, there's your, there's your storyline. 2018. OU-Texas rematch, uh, but this time around, it's the true freshman quarterback that gets the win. Yeah. I I think that is, even though they won't admit to it, I think that is the best-case scenario for the Big 12. Right? Uh, Ratings-wise, yeah, it absolutely is. I don't know if they would ever eclipse that ratings number ever again in the conference with – what they have moving forward. Oh, you in Texas playing in the Big 12 championship yeah. right before they go to the Here's SEC? Here's your last uh, ratings monster, Big 12, before the two teams leave. Here you go. Yep. Yep. It would be funny. I don't funny. know. Maybe, it, that, maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe everyone would say, all right, that's how bad the conference is going to be moving forward. I don't know. Yeah. but It would be you, funny you after the fact, especially if you won the game, but I'm not going to sit here and just for laughs – root for Texas to make the conference championship game. Right. I'm not – I'm not – yes, it would be funny. A, a month or two weeks later after that, after you beat them, yeah, you'd look back and say, you know what, that was actually kind of funny. I'm not going to root – outwardly root for them to get there. No no it, chance. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. But I'd much rather them go 7-5 and five and miss it. Because if you start to get into 5-7 and seven and 6-6, six and six, you start – you know, you're you're venturing into firing Sarkeesian territory. And if they have another season that is like a, a seven and five, then I you want you feel like it's it's always gonna be the same. You don't want them to uh, change coaches. Like because you never know who they might hire. So just keep it right above uh fireable territory. That's uh, what we want with Texas. Sounds like most people believe that it would be Stutzman to lift the trophy and spike it on the podium. Can it getting some votes, but it's mostly Stutzman. Do you want <laughs> look? Maybe, yeah. Maybe he has a great season, and he is considered an OU legend in five years. But if he were to spike the Big Twelve trophy on the podium, I don't know how much more. I don't know how much more he would need to do to be considered an OU legend. That would pretty much cement it. It's probably more likely that Canick holds it and Stutzman 
uh, smashes it with a samurai sword. Yeah. Right? Yeah, based on the – yeah, that's Episode good. 7 uh, <laughs> coming up. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651-3439. We'll be back. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander Chevy Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Right now, take up to $82.50 off the new half-ton Silverado. Or up to $6,500 off and financing as low as 1.9%. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I think you may have opened up a small can of worms on the text line. Boomer Gooner says, what do y'all think about that Stutzman Canic Ninja content? Kendall says, uh, and in a quote, I don't think he's saying it himself, but he says a quote, I'm glad you guys are enjoying the sword videos. IMO, they need to put that energy into being elite football players instead. Yeah. Is that how some are uh, taking those videos? Yeah. I don't know. You, you get, you, in a typical day in the summer, you have, uh, you have plenty of time to put a lot of hard work in and plenty of downtime, especially depending on what your class schedule is. Uh, I, that's not an issue. I mean, here's the thing. Whenever you put out stuff like that and you're all over social media, I, you're, you're going to get you know, people that are big fans are obviously always going to be kind of cheerleading that deal. But there's always going to be a segment of uh, of fans that are are unimpressed until you win some games that mean something. You know what I'm saying? I, I if you're if you're not winning a bunch of games and you're not lifting Big Twelve titles and going to New Year's Six and making playoff appearances, well then. That's always what, you know, that's going to be the first complaint and argument is uh, shouldn't you guys be watching film? And there's not really a whole lot you can push back on that, you know? It's just kind of, that's yeah, that's I, the nature of the beast. Yeah, what, I mean, whatever. They're, they're kids. If that's what they want to do with their free time, I guess that's that's fine. Right. Um, I, I do enjoy that, like, Canik, uh, like in one particular moment a couple of those ago, he couldn't help but laugh, you know? And I think that's part of the content. Why it makes yeah. it funny? Because yeah, it's 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 good. It's it's funny. I mean, it's no different than sitting inside playing video games, which is what ninety percent of their teammates are doing at the time. You know, it's actually a little bit more constructive than that. A little artistic uh, interpretation there. Writing a script, filming it, editing it—it's actually doing something. I wonder where they got the swords. You got them at a local pawn shop or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting like, question if, there, too. Uh, you had the idea, like, hey, man, let's start making uh, ninja videos. Okay, we need a couple of swords. Where's the first place you would go? Would it be to the pawn shop? I almost feel like you start making ninja videos because you have the swords. <laughs> you know, like I feel like in the chicken or the yeah, egg thing yeah. here, I feel like the swords came first. Well, okay, then it's back to I, I wonder how they acquired two swords. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Brad from Shawnee, can we put the doomers in timeout? My eyes are tired of rolling. Ah. Yeah, which I'm guessing – 
it sounded like on Locked In, you guys heard from uh, some of the recruiting doomers out there over the weekend, yeah, right? Yeah, so I think we're putting the official five-star over-under at two and a half. Mm. And I, they, the guys in that mix, five-star defensive lineman David Stone, five-star defensive lineman David Winery, uh, uh, Williams Winery, geez, five-star athlete Terry Bussey, four-star currently, but he's the number one running back. I think he'll be a five-star by at least one service. Running back Taylor Tatum, and then five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley. So like, there's five to that, that you're in on, so we put the over-under, the five-star over-under at two and a half. And most people took the under on the two and a half. Took the under. Um, I guess, I don't know, I'll ask you, but I feel like are Stone and Tatum your two strongest candidates? Yeah. E- or is Winery more yeah, stronger I think than Winary, Stone? Yeah, um, no, I would say, I would say Stone is probably one. I don't. Taylor Tatum just feels like a slam dunk for OU right now, so I might say Tatum one, Stone two, Winery three. Tatum one, Stone two, Winery three. Yeah, um, I I guess I don't know a whole lot about the Bussy and the McKinley kid. They are. Um, I mean, they, they obviously have been, you know, rated highly for a while. They've just, OU really made a move with Terry Bussey at the, what, Champion Barbecue Weekend. Nice. Where is he? Is he out of Texas? Athlete? Is that what you small, said? Small, uh, I think it's small town East Texas and then Dominic McKinley from the state of Louisiana, which we know how hard it is to get elite yeah. players, especially defensive linemen, out of, uh, away from LSU that are from Louisiana. But sounds like OU's at least got a puncher's chance there. Right. All right. Well, what are you um, would uh, you you taking the over or the under on two and a half five stars? Um. Mm, I will take. I'll take the over. What do I care? <laughs> um, I think. Uh, look at it. I think that they they know what they need. Right, and I know it's going to be really tough. It's going to be super competitive out there. But if you lead on five-star players that are in your position of need, it's going to be hard to to lose out on that when it comes to NIL. Right, and I know that those guys are going to have some good offers, but I I feel like especially what happened with the Hicks situation. I I don't know. I've, I don't think that they're going to do everything they can to try yeah. and not let that happen. And, and I would think so, too. The problem is, you know, Oregon, especially for, for David Stone, yeah. they just might throw out a stupid number that, oh, you can't even do anything about. It's always yeah. a possibility. Nope, there's That's true. That's true. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up our number one next. Make the right call for o- cancer is there for the taking by you because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at v.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush. Cavensgroup.com. Emergency repair or storm damage. They are on the call 24-7. Again, that's Cavensgroup.com. 
uh, Cavens Group bringing you this hour of The Rush. On the text line, we have, hey, Tyler, can you ask Teddy, who is the most comparable player to himself, play style, attitude, ferocity, etc., since his time at OU? Uh, also get your opinion as well because Teddy might be too humble to answer or to think no one has been close. I don't know. Um, gosh, that's such a hard question to answer. Um, I definitely uh, am considering in-game uh, interviews as a part of this, which you kind of stood out above the rest, not in a good way for that. I don't know. I I don't know. That's, I don't have a good answer. I don't for know that. if there has been a good comp, honestly. Um, there, there were great linebackers after you, but kind of maybe, like, were you and Rufus all that similar? Well, maybe in some ways, but I just don't know. Not, not really. Um, Rufus was extraordinarily explosive, and. Like a a big play, big hit type of player, and I I played way more conservatively than a, than a lot of those guys did, for better or for worse. Like I don't know, just a different style of play. Um, so I, it's it's hard to make that comparison. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. That's hard. Who That's is difficult. who is the uh, who is the other player that would have had a touchdown in the Texas end and not celebrated? Right. Who, who would that who would that have been? Not to think to throw the horns down or anything. No kidding. I mean, we just found out last week that it took Teddy until his third year on campus to know what Sooner Magic even was. He probably didn't even know about the horns down in two thousand and one. Probably didn't. It probably didn't know. horns down. What does that mean? Fair point. What's that supposed to mean? Fair point. Uh, so Landry there, Jones is the best comp to Teddy, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> there, there is actually a part of the horns down thing that was probably somewhat true. Now, I'm not saying it took me till the third year, but it probably took me way longer than it should have to figure out uh, yeah. what it was. Look, I tried to have a good weekend. I really did. But <laughs> it just kept. it was just on my mind that you didn't know about or know what Sooner Magic was until 2002, your third year on right. campus. Yeah. Who was it, Donnelly, that had to tell you about it? Who was the – who was it? Yeah. He was the first person that, like, that mentioned it, and I was like, did you come up with that? Like, what is that? <laughs> God. And much like you, he looked at me uh, as a total idiot. But the other part of it is, like, I didn't – like, I didn't listen to the sports talk radio. I didn't look at the newspaper and – I'm sure it was like the huge headline or something on the newspaper. I don't know. Just for whatever reason, somehow it just never yeah. come across. Still think it. you didn't have to listen to sports radio or read the newspaper to know what Sooner Magic was, but okay. Well, right, if you never had around any... the halls, there wasn't somewhere that had Sooner Magic in the facility somewhere. It probably did. You just didn't even uh, well, think about it. Yeah, I can't tell you that there wasn't. <laughs> there may have been. Cam- For sure. Camo Sooner. Teddy didn't know about Sooner Magic because he was way too focused on practice and getting better. Yeah, well, okay. I wish sure. I could say that. I wish I could say focused that. Focused on something else, maybe. I, will, I don't know that I could ever say I, ne- I necessarily was focused on getting better. I was just focused in the moment surviving, on not screwing up. Surviving each day. Yeah. 
Well, I guess that was mainly like my first two years was survival mode. My next two years was try and rest and not overexert myself mode. Try and save, keep something in the tank. But I don't know. That's a tough question. I'll think about it. On the uh, off the top of my head, um, I don't know. Landry Jones, final Land- answer. Landry Jones is always a good, uh, good one to settle back on. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app.